From the creators of the hit kids podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild, comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly. I got to say, love the name Max. That's my my puppy dog's (laughs) name. Uh, Who have just recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs. It actually makes learning pretty cool. Yeah. Now, I listened to this with my son, and it was so fun to listen to. I loved how modern it was with a cool ant that they really dug, and like they dealt with bullies. Uh, My son also enjoyed all the math involved. Like He thought it was really cool. Well, and I have to say, I love anything that brings learning and fun together for kids. I really, really wish that something like this was around for my teens when they were younger. We would have absolutely devoured this on our car trips. It would have been amazing. It's perfect for kids ages six and up, and new episodes drop every Thursday. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Hey, it's Joanne and Bree, and we are rerunning this episode that delves into sibling fighting and what you can do as a parent. Because I'm guessing a lot of you guys got your kids home right now, and there just might be some fighting going on, right? There might be some fighting. So this will hopefully show you that there is sunshine at the end of that fighting tunnel, and we hope you enjoy. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, and I'm joined here by my fantastically wonderful, brilliant co-host, Brie Tucker. Well, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? It's so funny. <laughs> this is the third time we've tried to record this episode. It was just uh, first I messed up and then we were all ready to go and my dog started pawing at the door. It sounds like he's pounding at the door. Yeah. Or she. Yeah, she she's pretty aggressive and she knows how to open doors. So we have those handles that look like lovers in our house and like she could just she paws them and bam, she's in. Yeah. And then she came in, just looked us both and sat down on the floor. Yeah. I just had to be in here. I I heard you talking. Usually, though, when this happens, and I don't know if you have dogs in your house, where if she's quiet for too long, I get worried because she's torn apart pencils in here when we've been recording episodes. Oh, gosh. She's like found little pieces of paper. Like she found little plastic pieces from her dog toy. She's a bit of a troublemaker. Definitely. She is definitely a toddler is what she is. She is a toddler. (laughs) I'm hoping this phase ends soon, but she's like four, three now. (laughs) And she's also how many pounds and thinks she's a lap dog. So I I don't know if you have much hope. Yeah, she's like 65 or 70 pounds and thinks she's a lap dog. So it's fun times in our house. But speaking of toddlers and kids, this episode is all about our kids when they fight. Wow, because, you know, that's not something anybody has any. (laughs) You guys out there, you can't relate to this, right? No. I mean, sibling fights, I don't know about you, but man, like my whole heart like just twists into like this little knot every time I hear my kids screaming at each other or fighting over something that I feel is really trivial, but I know is very important to them. Like I have to fight all of my emotions not to explode and just tell them to quit it and knock it off. Well, you know, hats off to you for being able to at least internally acknowledge that it's important to them because a lot of times I'm like, are you serious? Are you serious? Are we really arguing over this right now? But, you know, and again, I roll back to that whole like, 
I should know better than to think that or say that. But, you know, we but all do that, right? We all do that. It we happens to everyone. We're all like rolling our eyes internally, sometimes externally of like, really, we're going to argue over whether or not a square has four sides or four corners. Yeah, we, we posted on the No Guilt Mom <laughs> Facebook page. We asked you all, what is the silliest thing your kids have thought about? And oh my gosh, we got some really great answers. Oh yeah. One was about who pushed two into fake lava. I like that one. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> sounds like a normal one. We have fights all the time in our car and my kids are older. So this is a funny fight. But at the same time, it makes me groan and roll my eyes. Your song that you picked on the queue was five minutes and mine was only three. So I should get two songs to your one. And then they're like fighting over the phone. And I'm like, I'm going to take this phone back. I'm going to turn the car around. No one gets to listen to any music. And then I'm like, okay, I sound crazy. <laughs> the funniest fight in our house was when my son learned about shapes in his class. And he learned that squares had four corners. And my daughter was like, well, they also have four sides, Eric. And he was so insistent that squares only had four corners he and not insulted. four sides. He was so insulted. And they were, this is what they were arguing about back and forth. And it was like, <laughs> I was beside myself because I'm Trying like, not to oh. laugh. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, then we get into the bigger fights where like one says something really mean to the other. And those fights are, there are even, I think, more difficult to handle because I can't take the side of humor with them in that situation. And it does become serious. And then the question becomes, how do we resolve it in a way where us parents do not have to be the referees all the time and we teach kids to solve their issues on their own? That is what this episode is all about today. We hope you enjoy. And today we are brought to you by our upcoming The Civ Journal. Civ stands for Siblings Interacting Boldly. And if you are frustrated with your kids fighting all the time and you feel like you always have to be the ref, this is a tool that we have created to help you with that. The Civ Journal takes kids through the steps of first acknowledging their own feelings, saying kind words to their siblings and building the sibling relationship. And then we take them through conflict management, which I mean, where do kids learn conflict management in a really, really structured way? It's not something that they can learn in schools right now because of limited time in the classroom. This is something that a skill that will benefit them for the rest of their lives. And that is what the Civ Journal is going to help you with. In the meantime, make sure to pick up our sibling adventure log. It is free and it'll just help your kids build some common ground with giving them some fun missions, spy missions to complete. And you know what I'm hearing out of that? I'm also hearing activities for them to do to keep themselves busy. Indeed. Go get the sibling adventure log. We have a link for you in the show notes. And now on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids. And we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Okay. 
Hey, Brie. So we were chatting just this morning outside about a situation that happened in my house where I said, like, I feel weird kind of sharing these situations because I know that it is not the same way in other people's houses. And I feel like if I share it without enough context around it, that it looks like, oh, my gosh, it's just magic. And there was no work that went into this whatsoever. And these are just how these kids are when really it's not the case. Right. Because it takes work and it takes a a lot of skill practicing with them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to share with everybody the the fight, though, because it was a very interesting one. So my kids do fight. I mean, they're going to fight for the rest of their lives. Fighting in itself, I don't believe, is a bad thing. What I do think can get out of hand is when they start name calling or when they're refusing to listen to the other side or when they're holding grudges because a conflict they had in the past has not been resolved. Or they're getting physical with one another. Or they're getting physical with one another. Right. Yes. That is when we run into issues. And I think a big factor in recognizing this is maybe fighting is our normal word that we use. So that is our that is our everyday word. But I think occasionally thinking about it as conflict yeah. rather than fighting is where as a parent, we can have that positive mindset and see how it can be useful and see how we can learn skills out of it. Because a lot of times when I think about fighting, I'm like, okay, fighting is a bad thing. And it's not something that we want people to do. And we as Human beings don't like fighting for the most part. Most people don't. We've been raised to kind of avoid conflict, that conflict is a bad thing. And that fighting, if you're fighting over something, I mean, this is just like an internalized thing I hear a lot of people say. Like if you fight with someone, it just means your personalities don't mesh and there's no hope of you ever getting along. Oh, well, that's just not true. It's completely false. Completely false. So, but I do think it's important to note that while conflict and fighting do have a lot of things in common. They are definitely not the same thing. No, they're not the same thing. So we do want our kids and we want everybody to have healthy conflict, but it takes some work to teach the skills that allow for healthy conflict and don't really let it get out of control. It definitely, definitely does. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I can think of many, many instances where my older sisters and I had plenty of conflicts and or fights growing up, mm-hmm. but a lot of things that Sometimes they were helpful. Sometimes they weren't like, Mm -hmm. you know. And then like sometimes it would go into physical. My sister used to bite me. My sisters locked me in a closet once when they were supposed to be babysitting me. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's like that's the story that comes up like every Thanksgiving. So shout out to you, Shannon Holly. Love y'all. They're like, hey, you want to play Truth or Dare? And they locked me in a closet. Oh, no. And they were like, hug it, bitch, kick it out. Oh. <laughs> Made babysitting easy for a couple hours. So the neighbors heard me screaming. Oh. And then they were like, what it is going on? It was a couple hours? Oh, it was back in the 80s. Oh. But, but of course, if my kids did it now, I'd be like, what are you thinking? But now I look back and I'm like, eh. it was the 80s. Yeah, it, you know. made me, it made me much more aware to be thoughtful when my sisters asked me if I wanted to play a game. We'll just say that. We'll say that. But I mean, yeah, we all had conflict. We all had fighting that we did. But hopefully we learned to move forward. And in my case with my sisters, yes, we have very healthy communication between us. Like Mm -hmm. if there's something going on, we'll talk about it. We share our feelings. We know that at the core that we all love and respect each other. And that's how we can move forward. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a big factor in this. But I also need to point out because like, I feel it's that way now between me and my sister. And I was not perfect in that scenario. I would hit her and I would slap her and that is how I got back at her. Or I would just like shut her out of my room knowing that I love you, Jamie. I love you so much. But knowing that that was the thing that bugged her the most. (laughs) Shout out to our siblings. We love you guys. Shout out to our siblings. But 
like my sister and I have very healthy communication and we've had some like instances where we've gone at it with each other, like just shout at each other as adults. And then we've worked through it and gone through it. However, I do want to say that I think that we're kind of at an advantage here, both of our relationships, because me and my sister, we have both worked in education mm-hmm. and you and your family, like Right. All in, says, all in education. Right. All knowing these skills that we've been taught to use with teaching others that we then apply to our own relationships and we're able to work through them. Hey, all. It is Joanne. And Brie here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bri, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like streetcar tracks, and my bike's tire, like, went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just, like, skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And (laughs) active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. 
I correct me if I'm wrong, like send me angry emails uh, if you're listening right now. But I don't believe that all sibling relationships as adults are healthy because not because the people are like in any way flawed, but more that they just haven't learned, been taught the skills needed to communicate in a way that resolves conflict. I don't think that getting those skills is really a like an inherent part in our society. Like it's not built in. Right. So I'm dying to have you share this situation that happened the other night, like how the fight went down, because yes. it was it was quite hilarious, the point of the fight. It was and, yeah. I, and I find it even funnier being around on a regular basis. I can totally have seen that fight occur. Yeah. And then what happened next was really amazing. So it was. Let's share. So my kids love watching like reruns of Full House. I'm like, I'm not even talking about Fuller House. I'm talking about the original Full House. Like bringing you back to Friday night, TGIF. Yeah. And it's... On Nick at Night, by the way, now, which just makes me feel so old. But because Nick at Night used to be like, I love Lucy, Bewitched. And now I'm like, Full House is on Nick at Night. Okay. You should have felt old back when the music growing up got moved to the oldie station. That's all I got to say. Like, as soon as they started putting Van Halen and Bon Jovi on the oldie station, I was like, oh, God. I didn't need to know that. (laughs) Okay. So, so again, Full House, one of the most wholesome, like, of the 90s. This, this show is on like 24-7 in my house. Like we go downstairs and if my kids are taking a break, they're watching Full House. Like no doubt. So the fight started because my son was watching Full House with my daughter and he was like, I don't want to watch Full House anymore. So he picks up the remote and for our TV, like you have to be at a certain point in the room for the remote to work. And okay. So he was gotta get stand- the angle right. Gotta get mm. the angle right. So he was standing on the couch with like his hand above his head, like trying to like <laughs> do the remote. And he was getting so frustrated that the remote just smashed on the floor. Like it slipped it, out of his hand. Slipped and- out of his hand, battery, which caused a huge explosion from my son. He blamed it then on my daughter. And he told her that he didn't want her in the family anymore. Ouch. Yes. <laughs> I mean, emotions get heated. Things get rough. Things get said. Um, yeah. It happens. The most important part I always see in it is like, we just need to repair. But getting them to that like place of repairing, that's what takes some work. So here's what went down in my house. My daughter then went up to her room and she was very, very upset, understandably. And my son was very, very upset. So the first thing I had to do as a parent is just remind my son, okay, you are so upset. What do you need to cool down? And we've been working on this, and uh, he's been oh, wait because his nickname is when he gets upset, Fire Kitty. Yes, he has a he likes to he, be he knows Fire he's Kitty. Fire Kitty. He knows he is. This is not a nickname we say in jest. This is a nickname that he, he refers chose, yeah. to himself as. So he's tried deep breathing. Deep breathing does not work for him. So lately, we've been trying music, and he went to go get his Kindle. And he played like a Disney station. So he was sitting on the couch for about thirty minutes, singing along to Disney songs cooling down. And my daughter was upstairs very, very upset. And so then I went just to talk to my daughter, just to comfort her. And my whole thing was connecting with her, making sure she felt heard and just finding her side of the story and letting her talk to me. Mm -hmm. So that was something. How did she feel though? Like with that situation, like was she upset with him? Did she feel like he threw the remote? Because I I wonder if she was even looking at him when it happened. She she wasn't upset at that particular situation. It Uh was more everything and how like how fights usually go down where she felt that he doesn't apologize to her 
and he doesn't mean it when he apologizes to her. It's more of that. I'm sorry. It was like, it was like okay, I'm sorry. And then, oh. yeah. you know, everything supposedly goes back to normal in her view. So after her talking with me and her just getting the feelings out and I don't offer advice when she talks to me, I, <laughs> if I want to offer advice, I'd be like, okay, so do you want to hear what I think in this or do you just want cuddles? Um, lately, I've been stopping that one though, even like, because it's just, sometimes you don't want advice. Sometimes you just want to be heard and be talked to. We came downstairs and we had dinner and both kids were sitting on their opposite sides of the bench at the kitchen table. <laughs> and we were eating. It was very, very quiet. Nobody wanted to talk to Nobody each other. Nobody was talking. <laughs> and my, my, my husband's right here beside us. And I say, okay, let's talk about what happened. Because at that time, both kids were cooled down. There was no more yelling. I could see like my son wasn't stressed anymore. His body was relaxed. Usually when he gets stressed, his face kind of like tightens. You can see it. But everything looked okay. I'm like, okay, who wants to start first? And this is the part I hesitate to share because – This took a lot of work with my kids to do. Like, we have been practicing this since they first started fighting, like when my son was probably two or three when he could first talk. Uh, So, this isn't something that just happened overnight. You didn't try one overnight and bam, it took time. It's something that, like, they needed to be explicitly taught. And then I was there to kind of remind them to use it each time a conflict happened. Mm -hmm. So, my daughter's like, I'll go first. And right away, she says, like, I feel hurt when you tell me things like I'm the worst sister or you don't want me in the family. And I want you to apologize and mean it. And that's what she said. It's not like she said it's still very, very hard for her directly to say it, but she is now saying it without prompting. Yeah, because she's she's definitely one I've noticed like like my oldest mm-hmm. as well, like a little bit more of the quiet one that yeah. doesn't like to cause the riffle, doesn't like to cause any arguments, doesn't like to cause waves. Yes, they like to just have everybody be happy and get along. Mm-hmm. She's very like she reminds me a lot of myself when I was a kid. I, I would rather avoid situations. I yeah. still do that. I still doesn't, try to avoid situations instead of dealing with them. And that's the interesting <laughs> part too, because like our dynamic in our family is very similar to yours, even mm-hmm. though our age difference is very different. Mm-hmm. And our genders are flip flopped in our family. But like my oldest is quiet and he keeps it in. It doesn't mean that he doesn't get hurt. Oh, yeah, yeah he gets hurt. Mm-hmm. He just deals with it in a different way that doesn't always work out well because sometimes it tends to be an explosion. Yeah. So yeah, it was really good to hear that she's able to, she was willing to be the first one to talk and bring she that was. up. So that she was. She was great. willing to do it. Yay! And Yay, then yeah. my son, at first he didn't hear her because I think like the most common response when we hear someone else's feelings is hurt because of result of our actions, we want to defend, defend, defend. And that's, that's never... human nature. That's human nature. <laughs> And never ends well. Like, even though that's our instinct, it never ends well to just defend yourself. Because number one, the other person does not feel like they have been heard or listened to. Yeah. And number two, you don't have an understanding of the situation that actually caused the other person pain. Right. Because you're not really listening. Yeah. You're not really listening. Your your mind immediately clicks on to the whole like, okay, I got to tell them why I did this because there was a good reason. Yeah. I'm not not agreeing that. 
or I'm not saying that I had no fault in it, but I'm saying I had a good reason. And Mm -hmm. if they just knew my reason, it would be better. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of how people think, because even in the adult world, like I had this situation happen to me like two weeks ago with a professional we work with in our business. And I said reasons I was unhappy and they just defended, defended, defended. And I did not feel heard. Yeah. I think it's common. Right. So to feel heard, so how something did, yeah. that we've been working on is as soon as I see that as a parent, I'm like, okay, tell her why she's upset. What did she say? So you still let him like finish his sentence. You didn't like mm-hmm. break, cut him off. Yeah. You didn't interrupt him. You still let him speak. But then as soon as he was done, you're mm-hmm. like, but wait a minute. I said, let's rewind. Mm-hmm. Why is she upset? And sometimes he'll be like, I don't know. So she like, has to okay, say it again. let's have her say it again. And then usually a second time she says it, he'll be like, okay, this is why she's upset. And man, as soon as you can get your kids to repeat why the other's upset, like I usually see a massive change like in their body language, in their demeanor. It's like as soon as they acknowledge it, they're like, oh, okay, Mm -hmm. I've upset this person. And it changes from one of like defensiveness to one of like healthy guilt. Mm Mm-hmm. And guilt is, guilt's a good thing. Like we call it no guilt, mom. I mean, I really mean no shame, mom, because guilt is that you are upset about an action you took and like actions you took can always be repaired. Shame is thinking you are a horrible, bad person. And that is something that we don't want our kids to have. We want them to have some healthy guilt. We just don't want them to have shame. So guilt can be a good thing. Mm -hmm. He just, it totally transformed how he saw the situation, like his shoulders, like you could see like his posture kind of slouched a little bit. And he said he was sorry. And then he teared up a bit because he said he felt bad. But it was a massive breakthrough for their relationship because I think finally my daughter felt heard that she got a meaningful apology. And it wasn't that I requested that he give a meaningful apology. It was that she requested the meaningful apology. And that made all the difference. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota and I am your host for the podcast No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky, wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. 
So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it. So my first question to you, because it's like, yay, mm-hmm. that had to feel awesome. And it's okay to have it feel awesome when you have a great parenting moment. Yes. So that had to feel awesome. But here's my question to you, because I want to make sure that all of our listeners out there, do you think your children are going to fight again? Oh, yes. Most yes. definitely. They will right? fight over and over and over again, and it will not go this well. They'll be good times. Time. They'll be bad times, but they, they will. will continue to fight, right? But something that I've noticed Have is- Have conflict. Sorry. I'm not the referee. I do not decide their next course of action. I am not like, okay, you should do this, or you should do that, or you should do this. Like we were watching Diary of a Wimpy Kid last night. It's, oh, yeah. Okay. This one was Roderick Rules. Have you seen that one? Yes. Okay. So in it, Rachel Harris, the mom, she's writing this parenting column for the local newspaper about like how she's like this great parenting expert. And it's really funny because I'm watching this the movie. Movie and I am cringing with all of her parenting advice. Like one of them is she wants her boys to spend more time with each other. So she devises something called mom bucks where they get a mom buck for every hour they spend with each other. And Bree's rolling her eyes right now when she, I'm talking about this because yeah. it's, it's not a great strategy, it's, guys. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. really horrible. And she's writing about this in the newspaper. And at the end of the movie, the boys actually start getting along. And the thing that got them to get along was not this mom's like parenting advice and know-how. It was they had a party and (laughs) they had some conflicts and some fights and they got through it. Right. They worked through it with each other and they had empathy for each other too. Like when Roderick didn't get to play with his band at the talent show. Now I'm forgetting Wimpy Kid's name. Hefley, Greg? I think it's Greg. Greg. I think it's Greg. Yeah. yeah. Greg like saw that and he saw his brother so sad and he's like, he talked to his parents and said, you have to let him do it. And so he went to bat for his brother. But going back to like the parenting kind of moments and advice, sometimes our best parenting moments, they are not anything we do. Like we do not see the results of our actions or things we take with our kids sometimes for years. Right. I mean, this I statement thing, I first started five years ago and every conflict that's come up, I've just reminded them, okay, tell them how you feel and what made you feel that way. So it sounds like it's a taking a lot of work, mm-hmm. which isn't a bad thing because no. anything that's worthwhile in the world is going to have some work needed on your end. So it's not necessarily, maybe work is the wrong word. Maybe it's just about how you have to practice what you preach. Like if you want them to do this, then you mm-hmm. have to do it. Yeah. And you also have to keep supporting them because it's a skill that they're learning. And it wasn't something where I'm looking for a new parenting strategy every week because something's not working. This is something where I, science I was taught shows this. it works. It's science. <laughs> yeah. It's based on research. I statements are very well researched. They're very like, well, it's documented that they work and they help others really kind of changed their behavior because now they know what everybody else is thinking. Right. It took a long time and it's still in the process of taking a long time. Like I am, we are far from done here, but it's also easier knowing that, hey, all I have to do is prompt. Is just prompt, okay, how do you feel? 
Like, and if that's they don't, it. Yeah, if they don't already start it on their own. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, again, like, when it comes to conflict, like we already talked about, there's lots of conflict in the world. And it's going to happen. But at least we know this way, the conflict is going to be less. Mm-hmm. It's going to have more positive outcomes to yes. it. And your children are learning skills that they're going to, they're going to be just flat out life skills that they're going to need the rest of their life. Because, hey, are you going to be there to be able to referee every single conflict they have? No. 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 Right? We want to give them a skill they can use for the rest of their lives. So some tips that you can use for this is like we talked about, like first I gave them their time. I let them cool down. If you let anger enter any conflict or talking about a conflict, it never goes well. I think that's a really good point because, I mean, if you just even look into brain research, it's well documented that when an individual is in a highly emotional state, they are not as able to access their higher brain functions, right? Their executive thinking. Mm -hmm. They're not able to think out actions and reactions. They are dealing with emotions at that point in time. And for the younger the child the less developed their upper brain, their higher executive level thinking is. Yeah. So you can't expect a child who is, like you said, you started this when your son was able to talk, but that doesn't mean that you expected him to be able to do it. No. No, you had to help coach him through it. a ton of support for him and right. coaching him through it. So yeah. to expect like to tell a child who, let's say, is like, three, four, or five, what an I statement is, and expect them to be able to create them, they're not going to be able to. They're not, but they do need the initial instruction. Yes. And that could be hard. That could be hard to figure out where to begin as a parent, how to teach the I statement, how to teach this conflict resolution, and how to support your kids. So after giving your kids some time to cool off, after prompting them to use their I statement, find support. And that is what we are here for you. Like we got support in our education programs and in psychology on how we can use this. And now we're here to support you in this. So the first step, first check out episode 12 of the podcast, Positive Discipline with Dodie Blomberg. Lots, lots of great support, lots of great ideas in that one for sure. That is going to help you kind of train your mindset, retrain your mindset to see exactly what we're doing here and what the concept is behind this. And when you know like the background concepts, you're able to stick with the strategies longer because you know what you're achieving. You know it's not a quick fix. You're in it for the long haul. You're looking down the road. Right. So find that support. And of course, we're here to support you. No Guilt Mom is here. No Guilt Mom. Joanne, we are here to support y'all. Like, it's a big thing. Like, reading our articles on the blog, there's a lot of stuff in there about, again, about brain Mm. research and a lot of great authors with great information and tools. So for sure. And uh, And we have the Sib Journal coming out November 9th, which is a complete system. It's video lessons combined with an actual journal, like a cut like that. The journal is my favorite thing because this is the first time we've had something so cool. Like the pages are just so colorful and it's meant and to games. work through. There's games. There's inspirational things. There's stuff that they get to do together. So it takes the best of that sibling mm-hmm. adventure 
and puts it into the journal too. So again, it gives them that opportunity to have that positive interaction and it leads them through things and it gives them the opportunity to practice it in a safe environment. And it's that structured approach. So if you don't know how to begin with I statements or teaching conflict resolution, let us start this it. is it. <laughs> this is it. And leading up to that, if you are listening to this in October, every Wednesday, we're going to be on Facebook Live with something else to help you with the sibling dynamic lives that help you cool off your own emotions to why do my kids hate each other so much? That is a question we get a lot. We'll be doing that during a Facebook Live and talking about that. So check out the No Guilt Mom Facebook page for the schedule if you want to join us live and ask us questions right there. Or if you want to catch the video a little bit later and put your comments there, that's a great way to get support from us. Right. Because it doesn't happen overnight. Everybody still is going to have conflicting kiddos, but we have tools that we can make it better. Yes, we can. So until then, and until we talk to you, remember, the best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you, and we will talk to you next time. Thanks for stopping by. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.